We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. All right. Scatterbrain. The extra content you didn't know you needed from Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Evan and Devin behind the glass. And uh, look, today was NBA trade deadline. Can we just like for a second, uh, we'll get into the big trade news because I know that's what everybody cares about. But one of the craziest things to peek behind the curtain, HD is like noon to three is wild. I feel like every day we make a plan just so we can then use that plan as toilet paper and just do whatever the breaking news requires. Well, sometimes things go off the rails, and I'm fine with it because we are versatile and we can adjust to any and everything. So the NBA news today was fantastic. Last night, everyone goes to sleep. They think everything is all be God and behold, and next thing you know, Kevin Durant is in Phoenix, Arizona, where potentially, well, not potentially, where actually the Super Bowl is being held. But this NBA news from LeBron breaking a scoring record to the Lakers making trade to Kevin Durant making the biggest splash have overshadowed the Super Bowl news. Think about that for a second, because obviously the big news is KD goes to the Suns. But even bigger for us, like I'm watching all of our shows and I'm thinking, man, it is. it feels almost impossible. But the NBA has dominated the news cycle during Super Bowl week. Like when I don't remember that ever happening where we took a three hour show and, and blew it up just to talk about the NBA because there were so many compelling trades. And because one of the biggest stars goes to a spot where now, frankly, the Suns should have lofty expectations to try and win an NBA championship. Well, it's like it's like that sometimes uh, you, you talk about a guy like Kevin Durant who is one of the best players in the world. You talk about a guy like LeBron James, who's one of the best players in the world. So anytime you have news revolving any one of those guys, along with Kyrie Irving, who's one of the best players in the world, you're going to get that news that's going to overshadow a lot of things, things that, that, that are big, like the Super Bowl. It just happens like that sometimes. But um, I'm glad that I work with a guy in Jason Fitz and yourself Ooh. that can adjust accordingly. Well, the big news now that KD is to Phoenix is sort of what went wrong for the Nets and what's going to go right for the Suns. And for all of the conversation about the implosion of Brooklyn, I think there's a really interesting conversation about short-term, long-term for Phoenix, right? Think about the fact that you've got two guys in Chris Paul and KD that have seen how much basketball. I'm not going to call Devin Booker young, but he is younger for a superstar. And DeAndre Ayton is younger for a superstar. You have this interesting we don't see very often blend of experience and sort of youthful exuberance all together on one team that is incredible this isn't a big three it's a big four and and i like it because the simple fact that you have one of those guys who doesn't have to shoot the ball as much as you see a devin booker or you know a kevin durant well i'll say two guys deandre ayton is more so he's going to get the ball clean up things pick and roll roll into the basket alley hoops but then you have the two guys in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in which Kevin, uh, Chris Paul is an original-type floor general that can get them, get them the ball in their sweet spots. So I like the mix and the blend. I like the age difference between uh, these guys as well because, you know, the, sometimes you go through things as, as a player and you get older, and you can also shed that knowledge on some of the younger players. Now, even though I think Devin Booker is a, a wonderful guy, an all-star-type player or whatnot – but there's still things about his game that he can learn from Kevin Durant, right? And I believe Kevin Durant can also teach, you know, DeAndre Ayton some things uh, moving forward within his game. But also, it's not that the older guys can't learn from the younger guys. I think Kevin Durant can also learn from, you know, both of those guys as well. So I like the blend between uh, younger guys, older guys, and I think it's going to make for some good things for, for, for Phoenix. Yeah, and, and look, there's going to be wildly heaped expectations, rightfully so, but there's a real question about the right way to build a team because 
frankly, right now, if you ask me the best teams in the NBA, Boston, Milwaukee, those are homegrown teams. But then you've got Phoenix coming in and saying, look, we've got a little bit of homegrown and a little bit of super team, you know. So it's, it's interesting to see two teams or two different approaches, I should say, to trying to get to championship level basketball. And I'll tell you, when you look at Phoenix, I, I put Phoenix in the category as a homegrown team because they drafted Devin Booker, right? Uh, they drafted DeAndre Ayton. And all the guys that they just gave away for Kevin Durant, they drafted as well. That's how they built their team out. Uh, so when you when you look at it in those regards, and it's okay to have homegrown guys, but a sprinkle of other guys from other teams else places. I just don't like it the way the Brooklyn Nets tried to do it, right? And bringing in Kyrie Irving, bringing in Kevin Durant, also bringing in James Harden. None of those guys started with the organization of the Brooklyn Nets, and we all seen how it ended uh, with that organization. Look, they used to always say in the music business that there's a million ways to get a record deal, and none of them are wrong if you get a record deal. There's a million ways to build a championship team. None of them are wrong if you're able to build a championship team out of them. I think when you have new ownership coming in with an organization that has several key pieces in it, but that new ownership can immediately put their stamp on the organization, show fans their commitment to spending money and winning, and show players what they're all about all at once. That just feels like an undeniable win for the organization, for the NBA, for Kevin Durant, for the Western Conference. Unless you're like sitting here as Memphis or, or Denver, you are ecstatic for what we just saw. Well, that's why we got to give a lot of credit to Matt Ishaba, like the new owner for the Phoenix Suns. Also, I think a, a person that's lost in the shuffle here is James Jones, former NBA player, now NFL the president of the No, 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 James Jones. <laughs> that played, you're so silly. That played down there in Miami and Cleveland with LeBron them. You know, he's the president of back, basketball operations for the Phoenix Suns, and he's done a tremendous job uh, within his role since he, since he got there in Phoenix. Well, it is going to be interesting to see how these expectations are met because right now Phoenix just went from, oh, that's cute, to championship or bust. Like, there's no way in between. Also, uh, speaking of busts, uh, Devin, did I, 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 what did I, 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 I may have said something that went over the air today as we were getting ready for this. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. Look, I've got a little microphone button. I pressed the button. I simply said I'm in record, and that's become a funny thing because it went over the air. Is that what we're doing here? Well, listen, so, yeah, I'll give a little context here. So every day we record lookies after the show is over, and that's just to update people on what's coming up the next day. People will hear it over our commercial breaks. And we normally do that while we still have what's called the chain. So until the other show going on, Canty and Carlin, takes what we call the chain, we are still on the air. And we normally record these lookies before our commercial break ends. So, you know, I, I have to take Fitz out of what we call program so he doesn't go over the air. Fitz says to me, hey, uh, are we good to record the lookie? And I said, let me get a deck up. And Fitz, for some reason, turned on his mic before I could change all the inputs. And this is what it sounded like on the air. Saturday on ESPN Radio. I'm in court. <laughs> you know what? I think people heard that and they thought it sounded perfect. I'm in court. With the with the drums behind it and everything, like I, I don't understand why you why you find this embarrassing. Well, I think I, this I just is great. Wonder, are you getting a little too comfortable? Like you know, I mean, wow. I mean, whose job is it to make sure there's a there's a phrase called potted down, which means you've got all the things turned down. Doesn't the person sitting in your seat usually do that so people like me don't accidentally say things over the air they shouldn't? Yeah, I, I normally do. So I normally do talk. with people that you know. Have haven't been doing this for a while. Oh, wow. um, you oh, have, wow. and you you control your own mic. So I, 
I, I gave you a trust level, and I guess I that's on, that's on me to trust you. I guess that's that's my fault. Wow. I um I I don't even know what to say. Do you hear this? Do you hear the shade that I'm taking right now, Harry? Like yes, what, I do. I, does this feel appropriate? This doesn't feel appropriate. Like I feel like I did nothing wrong. I simply let Devin know that I'm in record, which is part of what you do when you're a good teammate. You're like, hey, buddy. I'm in record. I didn't drop an F bomb. So, so here, here's the question now. So now we have to move forward. How are we going to resolve this? Well, I think I, the resolution is simple. Devin owes the entire country an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do because at the end of the day, this is what you said over the air. Saturday on ESPN Radio. I'm in I think it's actually pretty impressive that it's pocketed so well. Saturday on ESPN Radio, I'm in record. Like, look at that. Like, I didn't even hear the I will, rest I will, of it. I will say this, Devin. It doesn't sound as bad as we thought it was going to well, sound. And, and, and doesn't. you know, another peek behind the glass. With some of the things Fitz says when we're in commercial break, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, oh, oh. What are we implying there? Oh, what exactly are you implying? Oh, make- Devin. Now, see, Devin, you, you just did something you can't do. You Circle can't bring trust. up. You can't bring up certain things like that. That was, that's between us. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say what he said. I just never said, you know, go, things are said. Never go to Vegas with Devin. Jesus. Yeah, my yeah I mean, what happens? Uh, what happens during the break apparently doesn't stay during. I the didn't break get specifics. Devin. You know, people people are you know can intimate that once we're off the you know not in on the air in commercial. You break. know, we do the rats. I mean, you yeah. know, what we do the rats. Uh, that's a good question. What do we do to rats? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what snitches it. get? Hmm. Hmm? Stitches? Mm. No, they oh. get they get taken to the appropriate channels, and like we talk to management. I don't know what kind of barbarian <laughs> world you think we live in here, Devin. I'm not. Saturday on ESPN Radio. I don't think it's that bad, honestly. I think I, I record. I, I play the fiddle. I, oh wow! Oh, wow. wow. I don't just play the fiddle, as noted Whoa. on this podcast several times. I also play your mom. Look, now that's I, I mean, that sounds personal. Uh, Come on, <laughs> that sounds personal. Uh, Evan, uh, Evan, question for you, follow-up question. Why do you not have control of your staff? It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is this is deflecting all the way through. I'm going to have to talk to my therapist about this extensively, uh, the amount of deflection question, that's happening. I, yeah. mm-hmm. are you not, obviously, you don't have to share if you don't feel comfortable. Do you talk about the show with your therapist? Uh, no, not usually. I don't. I don't talk about the show too much with my therapist. Uh, although, like, there is a weird. I, I'm always comfortable talking about therapy. Therapy has definitely changed my life, and I, I recommend everybody do it. Uh, the funny thing is, like, there have been times, not with this particular therapist, but there have been times where I know that my therapist knows what I do, and then I feel really weird about that. I'm like, you know, like I don't need my therapist to also listen to me on radio. Like that just seems seems a little weird. I like to have a separation of church and state when it comes to my therapy and my sports talk. You know, I don't. One, like there, there, there was a time in my life where I sat down when and you know a therapist, and all of a sudden I realized my therapist is asking me about like an upcoming football game, and I'm like, we're no longer in therapy here. So you know, <laughs> I think there has to be a small separation in this process. Fitz, you said something today that I want to bring up. You okay, s- about about playing violin and your teacher. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, got, yeah. You you got better than your teacher. Oh yeah, yeah. When I how was how many like teachers? Six. How many teachers did you have that you were just like, okay, I'm I I need a new one because I'm better than you. Two or three. There were two or three, but yeah, it is a true story. When I was a little kid, I was probably six or seven, 
And I walked in, um, probably seven, I guess. I walked in to my teacher, and I wanted to learn The Four Seasons by Vivaldi, which are really famous. If you've never heard it, go go Google it. You'll find it. You'll you'll immediately recognize it. They use portions of The Four Seasons in all sorts of TV commercials. So you'll hear, like, there's four different pieces, winter, spring, summer, fall. You'll hear all sorts of stuff from The Four Seasons. And I was infatuated with The Four Seasons. It's a very normal classical music piece, So, but not for a kid my age. So I went into my teacher, and I was like, I want to learn to play the Four Seasons. And she was like, well, honey, I, I don't even know how to play that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I got in the car and I literally looked at my mom and I was like, I need a new violin teacher as a seven-year-old. And she's like, why? I'm like, well, Miss Mary doesn't know how to play the Four Seasons. And if she doesn't know how to play the Four Seasons, there's nothing left for her to teach me. That was just the way my brain worked as a kid. And, and we ended up getting another teacher that, and you know, next thing you know, I'm practicing eight hours a day. But it's why I do think coaches need to, like, you know, I think that coaching staffs need to have somebody on the staff. doesn't have to be the main person, but somebody on the staff that speaks the language of players and has done it at such a level that players are like, I respect you. Because if you lose that oh, in the music world, it's gone. You are speaking music to my ears. And I've seen on a lot of different occasions where, you know, a coach might not be able to get through to a player, and it's because of the simple thing that you just mentioned, though, Fitz. So I do believe – um, it does. I don't just think it, it has to be professional sports. I think sports, period. you got to have somebody that guys are able to relate to and messages can be able to be sent through, through within those coaches, sending them to, to, to players on, on, on different teams. Uh, if you don't have that, it's going to be hard to get through to them. It's going to be hard to understand them. And you're going to have a problem on your hands probably. Yeah, and that's where, like I said, it doesn't always have to be the head coach. There's got to be a translator somewhere, right? There's that's just right. got to be someone that can come in and say, hey, I know what you're going through. I know, you know, how this works. And and it just changes the language. Like, there were certainly – I had one teacher at Juilliard that was, like, so mean and so awful and just a terrible human being, one of the one, one of the several that used to throw things at me. Terrible human being would yell at me in Russian, and then he would open up – he had he had this, um like, a storage unit, little, like, a drawer, like, storage drawer. He would open up – he'd pull his violin out of the bottom drawer and he would without warming up and without even thinking about it he would angrily pull out the violin and play everything that he was trying to show me and then he disgustingly put it back like you pig I can't believe you can't play that and while that was never easy to hear as a kid watching somebody effortlessly do what I can't do was like okay I respect where you're coming from. I understand. Like, for me, that's always worked. That's why even what we do for a living, like, sometimes you get these coaching sessions where they come in and, like, I want somebody to tell me, do this, do this, do this. This has been there because it makes me better, especially if I look at you and I'm like, man, you are successful at this for a reason. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of value in it. That was the end of my dissertation. Really. Saturday on ESPN Radio. I'm <laughs> This, this is what's happening. You know what? I tried to bring some intelligence to the show, Harry. Uh, Harry, before we get out of really? here. Uh, yeah. I, oh, oh, wow. Uh, you, you tried. Wow. Okay. Before we get out of here, I don't know if we're going to do one of these tomorrow. So I got to ask you, Harry. I know you are helping your wife with the Super Bowl event. That is very important. Is there a go-to Super Bowl snack for Harry Douglas that always has to be on the table? No, just as long as I have food. Because okay. I love to eat. And it doesn't matter. The only seafood I eat is like shrimp, so... If it's going to be seafood, that, anything else, I'm down for it. It's hysterical to me when Harry says that. We went to a really nice place 
that was awesome, and they didn't do the right thing by Harry's food, and so they brought out like extra. They, they kept bringing out extra food as an apology, and everything they kept bringing out was some form of like sashimi type, like tuna, <laughs> all this stuff, all these things that Harry does not eat at all. So I was eating like a king on all this free food coming out, and the guy came out and looked at Harry. Didn't even acknowledge me. I was like the ugly wife sitting on the other side of the table. Uh, didn't even acknowledge me. Looks at Harry. He's like, you know, I hope I hope you've enjoyed all of these chef, the compliments of the chef, Harry. Just he's like, I don't eat seafood, so no, like I, it, it, no, it was, was it was like only, only I was like only shrimp. The dish that y'all messed up. Yeah, and that is true. <laughs> they did mess up the shrimp. So, uh, the the rule there is when you see Harry Douglas, always send over send over a plate of shrimp for Evan, for Devin, for Harry, uh, for me. You guys hang out with us all the time. Be sure to listen to Fitz and Harry noon to three every single weekday on ESPN Radio. Saturday on ESPN Radio. I'm on.